You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, continuing with our team-by-team WHL uh, season previews. These are all in the dub segments brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League by visiting dubnetwork.ca. And my guest uh, in this segment, we're going to chat about the Spokane Chiefs, and that means I get head coach Manny Viveros. And uh, that sounds a little weird to say, head coach Manny Viveros of the Spokane Chiefs, because, boy, we got to know you last year with the Edmonton Oilers and the year before that with the uh, Swift Current Broncos. Third team in three years, Manny. How you fitting in already? Oh, it's fine, Geese. Uh, you know, really excited about it. Uh, you know, Spokane's a great city and a great uh, organization, and uh, no, I'm really excited to have the opportunity uh, um, you know, to come back to the Western Hockey League, first of all, and also to a great organization. One of those places in the world I haven't been to that I really want to get to. I, I, growing up in Alberta, all our TV came from Spokane, so it almost feels like we, uh, at least for me, that uh, I'm familiar with the city, but have never been. Uh, all right, let's uh, get to... Uh, the uh, the roster that you have coming to camp, and maybe we'll start with uh, the players who aren't back from last year's team. And, of course, every team loses the overage guys from last year. And for Spokane, that's Nolan Reed on the back end, uh, Luke Smith, and Riley Woods up front. Uh, I know, Manny, you weren't obviously in the league, let alone with the Chiefs last year. But uh, who else from last year's roster is not returning that you're aware of? Well, outside of the 20-year-olds, uh, you know, and also Bailey Birkin, uh he was a 19-year-old last year. I won't return this year. Um, but every one of those guys are, uh, you know, from what I've, uh, game film I've watched and talking to, uh, uh, Dan Lambert and Scott, uh, Carter here, uh, over here last year that, uh, you know, those guys are, they're, they're tough to replace. There's no question about it. They're quality, uh, uh players and, uh, quality individuals. And, uh, um, those are never easy to replace, but we're, we're hoping and, and very, not hoping, we're confident that our, our 20s, uh, this year for us, uh, we're going to be able to step up and, and you know take that leadership role that uh, that we had lost from last year and uh, uh, the 20s that we have with us in, in our camp right now are uh, exactly that quality uh, individuals and really good hockey players and they're uh, uh, we have four of them right now uh, obviously we're going to have to make a real tough decision uh, as camp goes along here about which one, which ones we're going to which one we're going to keep um, but uh, you know it's uh, out of the three of the out of the four of them. Uh, they're all great hockey players, so we're, we're going to be in a real good position. Can you tell me who the four 20-year-olds in camp are right now? We have uh, Noah King, a defenseman. Yep. Um, I had Noah in, in uh, Swift Current. He was part of the uh, uh, Western League Championship team, which I know him, um, and he came here and played very, very well for him, uh, the hockey team last year, too, and uh, did really well for them also, too. Uh, Ethan McIndo is another uh, player. Uh, Ethan just coming off surgery, so he's not going to be ready for the uh, beginning of camp here, so we're hoping you know, mid-October, he'll be ready or, or beginning November ready to go uh, and play actual games here. So that will give us some time to, to make a decision on one of them. Um, and, but he's a type of player that uh, energy player skates really well and, and adds a lot of grit to, to the hockey team. Um, our other 20-year-old is uh, Jake McGrew, uh, San Jose draft pick. Um, this is actually Jake's really only his third year in the league because he was injured at a young age in the Western Hockey League. But uh, San Jose liked him and his potential. Uh, they signed him right away, uh, even after drafting him after a year where he missed the whole year. But this kid can really skate and, and, and really score. So that's certainly going to... Uh, help our hockey team out as much as possible. And the other guy we have is uh, 
Philip Crawl. He's a, uh, an import player. Um, he's a Toronto draft pick and, uh, and from what I've seen and what I hear, he's a quite a dynamic player also on the back end. Uh, he's uh, almost uh, kind of a Ty Smith mold. Uh, he can run a power play, moves the puck, and skates very well here. So um, he's going to be coming back. And from all accounts, uh, we understand Toronto wants him back with us this year also too. So, uh, you know, potentially, like I said, we have we have four guys that are uh, – going to compete for for our 20-year-old positions and every one of them uh, will be a contributing factor to our hockey team. No chance the LA Kings are going to do you a favor and send Jared Anderson Dolan back, eh? No, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen here. You know, in a perfect world, we'd love that to happen. But from all accounts, uh, I think they're pretty set on him playing in the American Hockey League next year or the National Hockey League. All right. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the the import situation. You, you mentioned Philip Crawley. You also have a, a new uh, import this year, uh, a, a goaltender. What can you tell me about him? Well, uh, we're really excited about him. Uh, I, don't, I don't know very much about him. I've just seen a little bit about him, but he is a third-round draft pick from the L.A. Kings. And, uh, uh, you know, having that uh, friendship and a relationship with Todd McClellan and Trent Yanni, they both saw him at the development camp, and they called me uh, during the development camp and told me how excited they are about this guy. They've seen this, guy, this kid play and his personality and very well-spoken English, and uh, we're really excited. Tall goaltender, I think I believe he's around six six three. Uh, I met him for the first time yesterday. He looks in incredible shape, and uh, we're excited uh, to see him live here. But uh, I know LA is very high on him, and so are we. Now, uh, how many goaltenders do you actually have coming to camp? We have uh, right now. We have seven goaltenders that are being camp with us. Okay, and that includes Reese Clausen, correct? That's correct. All right, so there's a, he's also an overage player, wouldn't he be? That's correct, and then I apologize for getting uh, for uh, getting to talk about him also too. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just looking at it, but also you know Reese was a you know a fine goaltender for this club last year also too. Uh, and again, you know now uh, we have to make make some decisions. Uh, there are gonna be tough decisions coming up. Well, in an interesting situation for Clausen because he's he's never been he's never had that starter role in the WHL yet. He's played in the league for three seasons, I believe now. Very similar to what you may have seen here in Edmonton last year with the Oil Kings and Dylan Miskew, who had never been a starter and really took the ball and ran with it uh, last year. It seems like uh, at this age level, at, at the WHL level, a, a guy like that could really just kind of break out uh, in his 20-year-old season. Is that something that you could maybe foresee from a guy like Reese Clausen? Certainly. Uh, again, that's what uh, you know. You described you just you described that you described that per- perfectly um, as far as. Uh, you know what happens here in the Western Hockey League is one uh, kid could have a year where he doesn't play a whole lot, and that next year is a breakout season for him. It doesn't matter what position it is. Uh, one example you could use as a forward position last year in Prince Albert, Brett Leeson, uh, how he took off, and, and it was so dynamic for the league, and, and also Prince Albert Raiders. And we're hoping that uh, you know, uh, you know, a kid like Resource or other kids in our our team are able to do that and uh, have a real breakout year and step up. And and my experience is that does happen. I saw that in Swiss Current with a number of players. Uh, uh, one year makes a, a tremendous amount of difference in their development at this age level. I, I want to ask you about a number of players. I don't know how familiar you are with your team yet. Uh, I, I mean, you were announced as the the head coach what uh, just about a month ago, something like that. So has there just been a lot of cramming? Or are you getting to know guys now as uh, as as camp has started? Well, I've reached out to everybody before I, I got to Spokane and had a chance to talk to them. And I also had a chance to see these guys skate um, a couple of times on official practices that they had here, just player skates. And mm. 
uh, the veteran players and the really impressive, uh, the speed of our hockey team, um, is even in practice and also the, uh, some of the size of the players also too. So that's very, very encouraging. Uh, from what I hear from not only from our, our team, but from other, uh, teams in the league, they say we have a real fast hockey team and that's something that's uh, really encouraging here. So, but still trying to, you know, not just uh, our veteran players, but trying to get to know, uh, some of, uh, you know, our prospects. Uh, we're going to open up officially camp today. So mm. it's an opportunity to have a, a chance to meet everybody. And I, I, for me, I can't wait just to get on the ice with them, and that's when I can really have an opportunity to evaluate. All right, let's look at the uh, the blue line players coming in uh, as we're speaking with the uh, Spokane Chiefs head coach, Manny Viveros. Um, now, again, uh, when a team can bring back uh, a number of players from the previous season, especially on the blue line, I think that's such a blessing. Uh, and you have a number of players returning from last year's roster. Uh, just how, how key is that from you for, for you, in your opinion, uh, looking back at it uh, with your experiences in the league, to be able to return a number of blue liners like that. Well, certainly, I think uh, you know we have potentially um, to have uh, a very, very deep blue line, and, and also with the, the the possibility of getting Ty Smith back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just you know, that's a, an opportunity that to go from having a very, very good. Uh, uh, deep blue line to an excellent uh, uh, defensive uh, blue line, and that's something that uh, you know that'll take care of itself. Uh, you know, we we don't expect him back, but if he does come back, that's certainly going to help our hockey team. And uh, my experience, you know, you have a young team that uh, went very deep in the playoffs last year, and that's something that you know we want to build on. And uh, when you have so many returning players like that, it's uh, I think it's going to be really encouraging. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned Ty Smith and, and your expectations uh, or how you're moving forward and, and planning as if he's not coming back. And that's that was going to be my next question. There, there always seems to be maybe one guy in the WHL that you, you can make the argument if he had the rule where a 19-year-old, you can have an exception or something like that, that he plays in the American Hockey League. Last year, I would suggest Cody Glass was that guy. This year, it might be Ty Smith where... You might be uh, done in the WHL and not quite ready for the NHL, and you leave it up to the NHL team to decide what's best. But, uh, boy, if you could get him back, that's that's such a big difference maker. But moving forward, you go as if he's not coming back. Is that basically uh, the way you look at it? Certainly. You know, I know if we get him back, that's something that's, uh, you know, like, like I said before, we're, we're certainly uh, excited to have him back. But uh, you, you, with the player of ties, uh skill level and his hockey IQ, um, you know, you, you're not going to be surprised if he makes the National Hockey League. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the only uh, deterrent that you think that, you know, where we think that he could come back is that uh, my year last year with Edmonton Oilers and seeing and also playing, being in the Western Hockey League two previous years is um, this is a really good league, the Western Hockey League, there's no question about it. But once you get to that National Hockey League level, it, it's a little bit different uh, just because of maturity, uh, you know, physical maturity from the players and, and how difficult it is as far as the grind of a season it is at the National Hockey League. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, a player to have another year to grow and have that uh, – um, amount of minutes that they're going to get in a lower level like the Western Hockey League is certainly will help them in the long run. And uh, um, again, like I said about uh, Ty, it says that nothing surprises me uh, as far as uh, this kid is that good. And uh, he's going to be in National Hockey League for many, many years to come. And uh, uh, maybe this year or maybe the year after that, but he's going to be there for sure. All right. Uh, looking at the rest of the blue line, assuming Ty doesn't come back and Nolan Reed obviously gone from last year's uh, blue line core, who becomes the, uh, the the leadership group amongst your uh, defensemen? 
Well, you know, we have a certain a lot of returning players, uh, you know, guys like Bobby Russell, Noah King, uh, Matt LeDuc, guys have been here for a couple of years now. So they know how, uh, you know, so to speak, the, the Chiefs way of playing and uh, they've certainly developed. And you can see and, and what I've heard from everybody in the organization, these guys have all improved from year to year. So that for me is really exciting. And, it, and it's also an exciting part for them, too, is to take that leadership role that, you know, when they're a little bit younger, they're kind of just, you know, watching how the other players did things on and off the ice here. And now they're, uh, you know, they're the ones that are going to lead and starting a training camp. They're the ones that are going to help guide and mentor also some of the young prospects. And uh, they're great kids. And there's some that we're, uh, you know, very fortunate to have. Now, you mentioned Noah King and the, the way that you had him in, in Swift Current. You know, when I ask a player about a trade or something, uh, he, uh, how he fits into the new room, if there's any familiar faces, and they always, if that's the case, they always say, yeah, it really helped the, the transition. Can it work that way with a, a coach as well? I mean, you're the new kid in town, but you have a familiar face in the dressing room. Will that past relationship with Noah kind of help things along? Oh, certainly. I think they're, I think they're already asking him numerous times of how I am or how my practices or what, what type of coach I am. And uh, it certainly makes that transition a little bit easier, um, even as far as you know, picking up sense of humor. Does a coach have a sense of humor or not, or or how he is in different situations? And that, that's always good to have. And uh, you know, I had Noah for two years in Swift Current, so uh, we got to know each other. And he's a you know, like I said, a fine young man and uh, a real good hockey player. All right, Manny. Let's look at your forward group. And uh, we mentioned the, the guys who aren't back, and Luke Smith and Riley Woods, and you mentioned. Uh, uh, was it Jake or Ethan that's uh, on the shelf to start the year? Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Ethan McIndoe is going to be on the shelf. Right, he had, uh, he had surgery in the off season, so he's going to be out still. He's right now training full and skating, but he's still not been cleared for full contact in practices or games. Here. So that's something that we're going to still take our time. Mitchell's hundred percent ready before he gets back into full contact practices. Um, but uh, up front, I'm, like I talked earlier before about our team speed, uh, you can do this really evident to just watching on game clips from last year and just watching the practice. We've got some guys that can really skate and some guys, uh, some high end skill also up front, which is, uh, you know, certainly uh, uh, makes our job as coaches a lot easier. Well, and there's always guys who were, you know, third or fourth liners last season who, with players graduating and aging out of the league, they, they'll take on bigger roles and have more responsibility this year. Uh, I know you weren't around the Chiefs last season, but uh, who are some of those guys that you're thinking could be ready for, you know, uh, a promotion, if uh, for lack of a better term? Well, you're certainly looking at guys that, like you said, played third or fourth line roles last year. Guys like uh, Cordell Larson, uh, you're hoping that could make that next step up into a top six role. Uh, you know, nine-year-old Michael King. Um, and other players skate very well in, in physical. You're hoping that you make that next step. Um, then you have your guys, uh, you know, that have been around before. A guy like uh, uh, Jack Finley, uh, you know, played last year as a 16-year-old and uh, was a really impressive organization where they were able to play him last year in the playoffs in very key situations mm-hmm. as a 16-year-old, which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough league and it's a really good league for a 16-year-old to come in and step up and play uh, the minutes that he did it in key situations, a credit to himself. Uh, other kids like Connor Gabruk, uh, you know, big, lanky forward, forward that skates really well. Uh, Luke Toporowski, highly skilled. Uh, there's a number of kids that, uh, you know, not just that we're having a top six role, but we're pretty confident that we could have, uh, you know, we're pretty confident that we could have not, you know, have three 
three, four solid lines that all could contribute offensively. And that's something that uh, is, uh, you know, very, very encouraging. And in the case of Luke Toporowski, a guy who didn't get drafted last year, I would expect there's some extra motivation uh, from a guy like that this year. Might might be coming in with a somewhat of a chip on his shoulder. And as a coach, I'm sure you like that. I, I certainly, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, he didn't get drafted. But again, um, it's certainly not the end of the world or an end of his career. I had a similar situation as with Kern where we had a, a young player named uh, Tyler Steenbergen. Mm-hmm. Uh, same same situation. He was uh, not drafted, and he certainly came back, uh, like you said, uh, with a chip on the shoulder to prove everybody wrong again. And Tyler was outstanding after that and had a great junior career and again drafted by Phoenix, and he's playing in the American Hockey League. And Luke has that potential. Um, you know, he's... Uh, he, he skates skates well, uh, good hockey mind, uh, and can score a goal. So we're really hoping that he's going to make that step and uh, uh, maybe remind him along the way also too is that you know this is an opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong and and uh, you know a lot of guys have gone out to have great NHL careers even though they haven't been drafted. Now the Chiefs uh, didn't come through the Central Division last year. It was the uh, the year where the uh, Central went down uh, to the states. So I didn't get to see the the Chiefs firsthand, which means I didn't get to watch. Uh, Adam Beckman uh, with my own eyes and this is a guy who came into the league last year as a a rookie and had 32 goal season ended up getting drafted because of it what what's a fair expectation for a guy like that what does he do for an encore this year I mean you should be able to rely pretty heavily on him for his offensive uh, contribution he legitimately could be your leading scorer yeah I'm really excited about Adam to uh, you know just watching him in, in uh couple skates that the, the team has had or the players went out together uh, just watching his skill level and here's a kid that really loves to score and you can see that around the net he's a really dynamic here um, you know here's here's an you know a kid that was drafted in a fifth round from the Spokane Chiefs at that time he was I believe at 5'5 five, five when he got drafted now he's over six feet and he's starting to grow and mature and that's obviously why uh, NHL uh, took notice on this kid and uh, outstanding season last year. And we're looking for him uh, to continue to uh, improve, uh, you know, offensively, but more importantly, uh, like all these kids, that we want these kids to be able to play a 200 foot game. And that's the biggest difference going forward uh, from the Western Hockey League, the American Hockey League, or National Hockey League is that. Uh, uh, these kids are able to play a complete hockey game. It gives them an opportunity to, you know, excel at the next level. Manny, I know you're still getting uh, to know the the players in the franchise in the organization, uh, but anybody uh, that's coming to camp, whether they're an invite or a drafted player, the young guys, the 16 year olds who are knocking on the door, and maybe just names that you have sort of circled with interest on, on your own list. Well, there's one here that, uh, that everybody was telling me about when I first got here about a young kid from the from the area, from the Coeur d'Alene area. His name is Bear Hughes. Uh, Bear is just uh, assigned uh, from the as a free agent from the Spokane Chiefs here, and, and he is going into his 18 year old year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, here's a kid that kind of never played really any uh, high level hockey before. But he has outstanding offensive skills, and for a guy who's never played a lot of, uh, you know, high-level hockey, um, he's really smart. And he played a couple games last year at the end of the year for for Spokane and Dan Lambert was really excited about him, and, and as well as the scouting staff here and Scott Carter. Uh, I had a chance to see him and meet him and watch him on the ice, and I can't wait to see this kid uh, uh, more in training camp and also in games here. So he could be a sleeper where, where you know, nobody knows about this kid, but there's possibly, uh, you know, NHL teams will take notice uh, just from what I've seen so far. 
and what everybody's telling me here like that, he's a real sleeper. All right, we'll watch for him. Manny, just two more questions for you. One will be what you expect to be the biggest challenge for the the, the Chiefs this season. Is it just the, the time that might be required to, to get coach and team on the same page, or do you work that all out uh, through training camp and preseason so that uh, on opening night you, you guys are ready to go? Well, that, that's normal. That's going to happen. Just like anything in, in junior hockey, you're going to have guys that are be gone to camps. So we're going to, I believe we have eight guys that are attending NHL camps this year. So mm. that time while they're gone, um, you know, obviously there's going to be eight regulars on our hockey team that are gone here with a new staff, a complete new coaching staff coming in. So we're going to have less time than the other teams as far as getting everybody prepared. But, um, we're, you know, we're not too worried about it at all, but it's, it'll be nice when we have everybody back and we can start working, uh, you know, on the things that's going to be our team identity or, or what we're known for. But, uh, uh it's not going to be difficult, but you certainly would love to have everybody here from, from the get go. But, uh, uh, that's a positive too when you have seven or eight kids that are going to NHL camps. When you look around the rest of the U.S. division and maybe the Western Conference in, in as a whole, what would you consider to be a successful season this year for the Chiefs? Is it, Make the playoffs and go from there, or where do you kind of set the bar for uh, what you want to achieve? Well, you know what, um, I, I'm a still a firm believer of uh, you know putting expectations, not unrealistic expectations on teams, but um, I feel for what I and what I hear and what I've seen so far is that we have a real legit chance of uh, you know going deep in the playoffs again next year, and I certainly have no problem putting that expectations on the team because I think these kids are ready for that, and and the majority of that core group was here last year also too, and uh, they went deep, but they also you know they ended up uh, losing to Vancouver, and you know that's something that they've had that taste and I, I had that also in sort of current our first year we exceeded expectations and had a pretty decent year but that year that even though we lost uh, helped us in the following year and to realize how difficult it is to win um, especially in the Western Hockey League playoffs because it is a grind and that experience is going to be invaluable for us and I think uh, we have a really good opportunity to build on it this year and, and uh, hopefully we can. Manny, before I let you go, I should ask you uh, to reflect on your uh, season with the Edmonton Oilers. And I know after the championship with uh, with Swift Current, and uh, you, you went to the Oilers, I don't imagine you expected it was going to be for just a single season. Uh, unfortunate the way uh, the business side of things uh, work out. But uh, what do you take from that experience? And and uh, moving forward, do you want to get back to the NHL again? Yeah, and obviously that's where everybody wants it to be. You want to get back to the National Hockey League. And uh, my, my experience in everything was nothing but positive. You know, it was a year of, you could say, uh, a year of turmoil, uh, so to speak, with, uh, you know, different coaching staff mm-hmm. and, and general manager being let go and that. But, uh, you know, my opportunity to work with guys like Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and, and everybody uh, through the organization, it was really a real treat. And I learned a lot. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate uh, the way things ended up with, uh, with the team last year. Um, you know, hopefully they can turn it around uh, this year. But my situation was too is that uh, you no, know, if I was going to come back with the Oilers this year, I wanted to do more than I was doing last year. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy where I am right now, and uh, have an opportunity to, to be, you know, obviously to coach and be involved more. And uh, but uh, you know, again, it's something you never look at any experience uh, as a negative. You always look at it as a learning experience. And I certainly had an opportunity to work with some quality people in that organization. Uh, including coaching staffs and learn a lot. Manny, I really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck uh, this season with the Spokane Chiefs, and uh, the Chiefs will be rolling through Edmonton this year, so we'll catch up when you get through. Keith, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure.
There you go, the Spokane Chiefs uh, through the eyes of head coach Manny Viveros, who obviously wasn't expecting to be back in the WHL uh, this season. Uh, but we'll see what he does with uh, the team that uh, Danny Lambert has coached for the last couple of years and had them going in the right direction for sure. Viveros, a very good coach. I imagine it'll be more of the same. And you have to think the Spokane Chiefs can be one of the top teams, I would I expect at least, in the U.S. division. And uh, thankful that this is uh, the year, every second year, the U.S. division comes to Alberta. That's this season, so looking forward to seeing uh, all five of those uh, U.S. division clubs. Quick shout-out to Graydon, Rick, Colin, Brent, Jeff, and Kevin, who uh, have all signed up to be patrons just this week at patreon.com slash show. Lots of patrons, actually, in the last uh, six weeks or so uh, through the summer as a... Uh, People are still interested in in, uh, prospect hockey, which is great. With all these interviews that that you're hearing on the show today, they've all been available for three or four days at the uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash show, and uh, patrons get early access to uh, all of these interviews. So thanks to everybody who has signed up to be a patron. And if you haven't but you'd like to, that's the link to go to patreon.com slash show. Up next, I mentioned the Prince George Cougars with uh, general manager and head coach Mark Lamb. Well, that's next here on the Pipeline Show. Tigers can't clear. Balamaki again. He'll go cross ice. Sandu spin shot, save, rebound, score! Balamaki makes it a 5-3 game. Hey, Juso Balamaki from the Tri-State Americans, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. <laughs> 